All right, we got a lot to get through before the game tonight, so bear with me. We're doing Crossover Thursday, previewing the Steelers and your bold predictions here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your Pat, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Today on the show, uh, we are going to start with an, uh, with a conversation with Christopher Carter of Locked On Steelers. We're going to let him prime us on some things. We'll talk about the matchup a little bit and then get into your bold predictions. But we're going to start with that convo with Chris. So here's that. Christopher Carter here with Locked On Steelers. Hello, Vikings fans. Hello, Steelers fans. Uh, so it's my turn to ask you about the Steelers. And I sure am uh, curious, but I guess I'm going to start with the quarterback. Uh, sounds like this is now the last ride for, for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, do we believe in him? Is he cooked? Is he done? Or does he, what does he have left? <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger is, is uh, it's definitely in the, the last rights, but I will say this. I, I don't think Ben Roth. Yeah. Like, 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 look, there's no, there's no hiding it. Like when, when it came out, when it, when Adam Schefter was like, Hey, so he's telling other people like, no, Adam, we really didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, when, yeah. when he, when <laughs> it was clear on his, when he's falling on his face as he's throwing passes sometimes. But I will say this. Ben Roethlisberger isn't some, you know, weaponless guy. He's not a guy that's just that's just he can't make plays anymore. But he's also you you seen how he's played throughout his career, right? He's never been the extra cerebral quarterback. He's always been instinctive. He's always bought more time mm -hmm. and then made plays like, oh, I, I can just make that play. He can't do that part anymore all the time. He can't just take hits, throw them off, and then throw a, a 50 yard bomb. He has to be smarter. And he hasn't, you know, he's still not that cerebral guy. But what I see out of Ben Roethlisberger is if you give him you know, good one-on-one -on -one opportunities, he'll he'll be able to hit them. You saw that last week in the fourth quarter against the Ravens when he led them to 17 fourth-quarter points. Um, he led them to, I think, 24 fourth-quarter points or 27 fourth-quarter points against the Chargers. Um, you know, see, he's been a guy that's been starting to feel himself later, but a lot of this has to come from leaning on his weapons. The re that's, that's the reason they got Najee Harris, the reason they got Pat Fryermuth. They wanted to give him opportunities to just say, hey, get it to this guy, let him make the people miss. That's been the bottom line for Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's not, he's not chucking the ball. 50 yards down the field all the time anymore he's looking to say hey catch this ball run beat the guy in front of you don't make me have to throw this ball 40 yards more than like three times a game got you yeah the one-on-one -on -one thing scared me because uh the the vikings have struggled in like one-on-one -on -one deep shots with dpi mm. and so i feel like this the take your dpi over okay one more quarterback question when Roethlisberger retires and the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins to the Steelers, should don't we draft him? No, 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 no. Don't you do that over here. No, <laughs> no, no. We just did a whole segment about Kirk Cousins and how you're scared of him. No. You, that's your guy. You keep Come on. There. You take on. We'll take some of the money on. We'll take some, you get like 25 mil. We'll take 10 million extra on. We'll be in rebuilding mode anyways. You, you, you know what? We'll take the 10. You take the 25. That, 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 that sounds a lot like, 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 a, like a fair deal, what you're asking me to put Kirk Cousins on me. To get out of here with that, Luke. Yo, come on. Come on. Hey, so you know what Kirk Cousins used to say? You like that? I don't like that. that that's what. There you go. Right there. Shh. Like 
Okay, okay. In all seriousness, weapons, right? You mentioned Najee Harrison for Amos, but honestly, I'm a little more worried about the outside just because of the way the defense has been struggling this year. Um, so tell me about Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I mean, who's who's the big play? Are those the big play guys or is it somebody else? No, it's definitely – it's mainly Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool is still a guy that when you get the ball in his hands, he's dangerous because he is fast. He's tall, he's fast, and he is strong. Like, he, he has it. But Chase Claypool does this thing where he jumps when he doesn't need to jump. Like, you'll, you'll throw him a ball. It's, like, right here at his chest, and he'll still go up in the air and catch it. <laughs> the and Charles Johnson. Right. Yeah, we're familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just we're just like, huh, what – why did you do that? But, but again, second-year player. This time last year when Deontay Johnson when his, is in his second year, everyone was looking at him like, what What are you doing? Like, like you're dropping all these passes. But Deontay Johnson is the true weapon of this offense. He was the drop king last year. I think he had like 14 or 17 drops or something like that. I think he has three on the season right now. He leads the team with 916 receiving yards, six touchdown receptions. He is a polished route runner, and he is dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's the closest thing that they've had to an Antonio Brown since Antonio Brown has left. Simply because simply because of his shiftiness he completes his routes uh and now he's catching balls in traffic he's you know he's very hard to press because of how shifty he is off the line of scrimmage that's the guy that if i'm the vikings i circle him and i say do not let this man beat you because if he does ben roethlisberger ben roethlisberger with his arm in the state that it is he can still get the ball out there but he he much prefers the more college open you can get that's what he wants to do because he knows that sometimes that ball will come out and it'll flutter a little bit and if it's tight coverage it's more likely to be a pick, but Deontay Johnson, he gets such good separation. I mean, Marlon Humphrey, I'm not here to make fun of anyone for getting hurt, but the reason he got hurt and he's now out for the season, the Ravens' top cornerback, is because on a touchdown play, you saw Deontay Johnson go inside, stop really quickly, and go back outside. Humphrey reacted way too late and then had to dive oh. to try and stop him, and it messed, and, and in the, the dive messed up his shoulder. And it was just Johnson has become that good where Marlon Humphrey used to be the guy that would take away the Steelers' number one guy. Yeah, yeah. Johnson took him, took him out. So it's just that's how good he's gotten, and he's become the go-to guy for Ben Roethlisberger. Very nice. Um, I want to flip to the other side of the ball and check in on, I believe, the oldest defense in the league after <laughs> the Vikings. Uh, how's it going over there? The Are they tired yet? Well, th- here's the thing. They're they're trying to stay healthy. That's been the biggest problem. Yeah. They're, they're really the oldest defense in the league. That's the second oldest. I best. thought so. I might be I, wrong. I, okay, so I, I think that might have been a factor uh, uh, like a couple years ago, but they have really put in a lot of youth on the, on this defense. Joe Hayden is old, yes. Cam Hayward is old, yes. But Tyson Alulu hasn't played you know, since like week two. Um, and he, I think he, he was part of that. That yeah, last I saw he, it. Yeah, he, he's like 35 years old, so he like kind of ups the yeah. ante a, a, a bit there. But I mean, this, the thing is, is they're trying to find continuity. Now they they do have the best defensive player in football in TJ Watt. He's just a menace. 16 sacks in 10 games, and he just keeps getting better. He did three and a half against the Ravens last week. He is the the wrecker there. But they have they, the, what they've been looking for is role guys. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick still an elite safety back there. He he ignite, He's now on a interception streak. He's had uh, one in each of his last two games. Um, but they, they need guys to fill in. Cam Hayward's been phenomenal, but they, you know, without Stephon Tewitt, he's been gone all season long. He had 11 mm. sacks last year as a you know, interior defensive lineman. Um, they were struggling to find an answer. They thought it was Isaiah Bugs out of Alabama. He hasn't really worked out. But last week they went and got Montrevious Adams, a practice squad guy off the Saints. And uh, he was huge against the Ravens. He was taking on double teams. And that's been the biggest factor is that Devin Bush, who came off his ACL uh, injury this year, this year, he he had started really hot, played really well against the Bills. And then ever since then, he's just fallen off a cliff. But it was because, in my estimation, 
a lot of offensive lines were getting to the second level and hitting him so much that it was like, I can't be the speed factor that I want to be. In his last Ravens game, he didn't have a great stat line, but you saw him cutting off plays a lot more often. The Steelers need those role players to fill in. They did that job against the Ravens. They, they, that allowed Minka Fitzpatrick to have an interception. T.J. Watt had three and a half sacks. Heck, Chris, Chris, Chris Wormley had two and a half sacks, and he's a former Raven. Um, so they, they, have, they still have the playmakers, but to allow the playmakers to be playmakers, they need the role players to step up. Um, if I'm the Vikings, I'm looking at trying to find ways to, to use Justin Jefferson to get him matched up with Akella Witherspoon. He had a good mm. week last week against the Ravens, but – uh, you look back and they haven't really trusted Witherspoon too much. And he will most likely start this game after, you know, only uh, after Joe Hayden, you know, he'll still be out for like a third or fourth game in a row. Um, Cam Sutton's a much more responsible cornerback. He's been more comfortable on the outside. Uh, so if I'm the Vikings, I'm going right at a killer Witherspoon. But, you know, it, it's going to be a question. Can the Steelers role players play like they did last week? If they do, this defense will have a chance to make big, make big plays. Gotcha. Yeah, that is... Um... It's been a really interesting thing for the Vikings is trying to get opportunities for Justin Jefferson. They targeted him 14 times last week, so they did it last week, but there have been times where he goes with like five targets um, and, and the other team can just kind of double him all day and the Vikings just fall apart. So well, it, it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings can find a way through all that, especially with, I mean, I guess there's going to be a lot of pressure in this one. Um, we still have some talk to do here. That's going to be all that's going to be on my show on Locked On Vikings. But for Vikings fans, go check out Locked On Steelers and you can find the rest of this conversation. So let's debrief on some of that, shall we? But first, let's talk a little bit about daily fantasy. I've never been a DFS guy because I hate the idea of like joining a pool with thousands and thousands of people and having to get the perfect edge case. Like the, the way sharps play DFS is so broken. They're going for the craziest like Jack Doyles of the world and hoping you get a two touchdown game out of them. And like, that's how they win all the pools. And then they make all these entries. I, I hate that format. That doesn't, it's not fun to me, but what is fun is let's say you could play daily fantasy, pick a lineup with on a budget, the kind of regular salary cap format, but just play against the house. That is what stat here does for you they show you their lineup before you play head to head and you just have to beat that so don't compete against thousands of unknowns and a bunch of sharps that do this for a living put yourself in your in control of your own fate you against the house with stat hero stat hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be what all fantasy should be right one on one. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on for a 100% match stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. Once again, thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Like I mentioned, after the show, go check out uh, Locked On Steelers for the whole conversation that, that Chris and I had. But for now, let's talk about what he told us about the Steelers. And I guess the big thing is like this Ben Roethlisberger's arm is cooked thing. And how do you take advantage of that? And for me, it, it, this is a test for the Vikings coaching staff because of what I'm mad at them about, right? Like what I'm mad at Mike Zimmer for right now is... Um, kind of soft coverages at the end of that Lions game, right? And leaving things in front of him and ceding too much ground. Well, if ever there were a game to not be afraid of the deep ball, it's now. And I know we talked about like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and how they are deep threats. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the arm to make some of those throws. And he has declined those throws 
Now, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, big arm throws are only deep throws. If you think about like arm strength, we talked about this a lot when we talked about Kellen Mond. Arm strength is not deep passes. It is passes to the sideline. It's passes with zip. It's passes into tight windows, um, you know, velocity and stuff. And sometimes touch passes can get a lot harder when your arm strength goes down. It's difficult throws. So for me, I'm okay if we just make Ben Roethlisberger make difficult throws, take away the easy stuff, cover guys man to man. And if somebody is man to man and they give up a slight window and Ben Roethlisberger throws a perfect rope and hits it, so be it. But what I don't want to see is Breland and Peterson and Dantzler, if he rotates in, I don't want to see these guys backing way off. I don't want to see these guys starting with an eight yard cushion, flat footed and backpedaling. Um, I, I, that is to me, a way to lose this game, a way to allow Ben Roethlisberger to beat you without testing what he's bad at. Um, And the actual specifics of those coverages could be really interesting if we had time, but I do want to get to some other points as well. What's interesting, we didn't uh, talk about it with Chris, but they have a problem on their offensive line right now where they have a Kendrick Green rookie starting center who's struggling and they are way down in the pits. They've had a ton of injuries at left guard. So their left guard center combo is pretty lackluster. It's a weak point for them. And I would love to attack that. And one way to attack that, and this is something the Vikings see all the time, something they saw a ton last year when it was like Dakota Dozier struggling there, um, is tech stunts, or maybe they're ET stunts. I always get the two mixed up, but whatever. Edge tackle stunting. And what you do is you have your tackle, call that guy Dalvin Tomlinson, will crash into the tackle into the left tackle, the offensive tackle, or maybe even crash into the left guard. Um, and like, just like go straight into a guy kind of pushing him to the outside. And basically you're just trying to widen whatever gap the looper, the stunter, the gamer, the, the like actual rusher is trying to get into. So Dalvin Tomlinson will just go blow up a dude and then call it DJ one. who's actually been better at this. He was bad at this in his rookie year. He's been better at it this year. It's one of the things he's improved on is this kind of looping around thing. He's very fast. So use that athleticism. He can loop around and then get hopefully unblocked up, uh, up, up the a gap or up the B gap. Even, um, those sorts of stunts can be really, really helpful against a struggling overmatched offensive lineman who, if their head's really on a swivel, like in a bad way, they might be too willing to follow Dalvin Tomlinson right into his teammate and then like widen that gap for you. That's really the advantage of those kinds of stunts. If you have, you know, a, a guard directly on a tackle and they're, they're, uh, lined up kind of head up against each other or with an inside shade or whatever, um, and the, the defensive tackle goes way outside, that guard is going to go way outside with him and widen it up for you. Dalvin Tomlinson doesn't even need to do anything. He just needs to correctly go that way. And then it's all on DJ Wanham. I, I like that idea against the Steelers here as a way to get pressure. I should also mention some uh, nuggets about the injury report. It is fairly light considering how crazy it looked before. Um, most interestingly, I guess, is Dalvin Cook is questionable for this game. We were pretty sure he would be like a full-on out, but he's a questionable. I still don't feel great about his his uh, chances to play, but the fact that he actually practiced on Tuesday and Wednesday and is questionable is pretty encouraging. Now, Adam Thielen out, Christian Derrissaw out, so it's going to be really difficult to get, um, to get 
Justin Jefferson his targets. He is the only player on the team right now. I mean, there's KJ Osborne, who's fine. Tyler Conklin's whatever. I guess you could check down to running backs or whatever. Um, but it's you know, like D.D. Westbrook's whoever. No Adam Thielen means Justin Jefferson's going to get a lot of attention from the defense. So this is going to be a game where you can't just go like force 15 targets to him and then call that your offense. I, I hate to say it, but you're going to have to find something else because the Steelers do that. They will take your number one option away and they'll commit pretty heavily to that. So there will be opportunities elsewhere if the Steelers want to do what uh, Chris Carter said in our conversation, give them the Minka Fitzpatrick treatment, have the safety like uh, cap over the top of him or bracket him or even double him like they will do that. And so without Adam Thielen, they will have to find some other way to get offense. And maybe that's a running game, and we'll see if Dalvin Cook's there. Obviously, that's going to matter. Um, but otherwise, outside of those guys, Cam Bynum is also questionable, as is Blake Lynch. But Barr and Kendricks are not on the injury report at all. They'll play. Um, so will Bashad Breeland and Mackenzie Alexander and Patrick Peterson, all of whom were on the injury report for their own reasons, but ended up full participants throughout the week. So. That's a few nuggets of, I guess, uh, preview analysis on the Steelers. Three things that I want to focus on here. A, I want to see some stunts. I want to see a way to attack the Steelers without blitzing because their interior is struggling. I want to see the corners play aggressively. I want to see them uh, really dare the Steelers to beat them deep, dare Ben Roethlisberger to cash checks with that arm. Um, and then I want to see the Vikings do something that isn't just Jefferson. <laughs> Hashtag just Jefferson. I don't want to see, a, or I, I mean, if you get a 15 target Justin Jefferson game and he gets 200 yards or whatever, that's phenomenal. I just don't think that that's going to be in the cards in this game. And you have to have a little bit more multiplicity than that. I do want to get to your bold predictions, but first Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than a hundred days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from the elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. I also want to talk to you a little bit about Grambling. I love betting on Thursday night football, and I did take a couple of props here. Bet Online just redesigned their whole website, so you can use their new player prop uh, apparatus. You can use their live betting module and stuff. Those are really, really cool things. You can bet on uh, pro college football, college playoffs, or whatever. You can bet on hockey, basketball, whatever's in season, whatever's going on, even like UFC or boxing or your favorite uh, Vegas casino games. For me, I'm looking at that Justin Jefferson seven and a half receptions prop bet for Thursday night. I'm a little torn on it because with no Adam Thielen, you would think that they're going to force the ball to Justin Jefferson a lot, but also the Steelers are going to be really uh, keen on taking that away. And maybe this ends up being one of those games where he gets four catches and we're all screaming our heads off about it. I don't know what to make of it, but if you think you do, you can head on over to betonline.ag, bet a prop like that or just the spread or over under or whatever the normal stuff is. And enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when you sign up and BetOnline will match your first deposit 50%. That's a 50% welcome bonus. Whatever you put in as your first deposit, half of that plopped into your account as free play money. So head on over to BetOnline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON to get signed up and get a grambling. BetOnline, where the game starts. Are you ready to get bold? <laughs> 
It's time for the bold prediction segment. Uh, this is where I got your crazy spiciest takes, and we got to go check on that for the Lions game, and then we'll talk about the ones for the Steelers game. I got a few extra, so we're going to have to whip through these quick. Uh, the first one, from, we're going to go back to last week and the bold predictions for last week, see if any of them cashed. The first one came from Chris, who said, neither of the players with the most rushing yards on either team will be a running back. We were still like reeling from the San Francisco game, weren't we? Unfortunately, neither thing cashed. Alexander Madison had 90 yards. Jamal Williams had 71 yards. Those are the leaders for either team. Uh, Legend of Korra said that there would be five lead changes in the last quarter. I think there were two, right? But honestly, this one felt like in spirit, it really had a, a, a good chance. Uh, Jorge Regula said a 21-17 Vikings win, but with zero touchdowns on offense and no field goals. Um, so there were no weird scores for the Vikings. Uh, too few scores in uh, general, I would say. Uh, Seth Tupal of Locked on Wild said that there would be 31 combined penalties. Didn't quite get there. Uh, Connor just said... Alexander Madison would have a return touchdown. I still love that one because teams are going to still be kicking away from Kenny Wangu said Alexander Madison would have a return touchdown. I still love that one because teams are still going to be like uh, kicking away from Wangu. So like Madison is going to feel the kick someday as they like squib it or something like there will be an opportunity here. And then uh, Kyle Slaby had a whole big thing about Jay Feely talking about like kicker woes and stuff. I don't think that that was in the broadcast anywhere. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he said that it would happen five separate times. I think I just made it down to two, but I don't think we got those. So nothing cashed. We've only had one of these ever cashed because I always pick the craziest ones. So yeah, but we got some in spirit. So let's go on to the week 14. It's Thursday night against the Steelers. It's going to be a messy game. I got one of my own in here that I'm going to put in too. Um, but let's start with King Squeaks who said that there would be two or more double fumbles. And he specified that it would be like offense would fumble and then that's recovered by the defense. And then in that recovery, the defense fumbles and then that's recovered by the offense. Um, and then he said, I'm doubling down on the specifics. So like, I would have given you if like the offense fumbles and then the defense fumbles and then the defense recovers that fumble or whatever, I probably would have given that to you. But if you're going to be on the specifics, if it has to be offense fumbles recovered by defense and then on the return, defense fumbles recovered by offense, that has to be clear possession too. That can't be one of those things where he like scoops it up and then as he falls, he goes that needs to be like a clear possession that results in like a fresh set of downs for the offense um and that's probably get, like the ref has to rule that that was possession and then possession back first and 10 offense uh nick howard said that big ben would have more rushing yards than the entire vikings team that's incredible because i don't think big ben rushes a lot at all like he hasn't gotten more than five yards rushing once all season so for this to cash it would have to be one of those really embarrassing things where like the vikings get down really early and they were at like minus two yards on the first drive minus two rushing yards like they went three and out and then they went down early because of some catastrophic turnover touchdowns or something like that um and then they're chasing the game the whole time and then they end the game with like negative rushing yards and it's like a huge meme like that feels like what would have to happen for this to cash which would be pretty funny uh purple pride skull said that big ben it's similar big ben gets loose on a scramble and truck sticks breland on his way to the end zone i won't hold you to the end zone specifically i think a big ben trucking bashad breland uh is plenty bold enough just because of its specificity and also again the idea of big ben like scrambling and lowering his shoulder at his age is hilarious um but yeah breland does have a way of getting truck sticked doesn't he when he's coming up to to tackle like a fullback or a running back in the flat. Arif Hassan got in on this. He said a uh, Patrick Peterson would have a pick two. And all I have to say about that is, Arif, you missed a fantastic opportunity to say it would be a P2P2. Pick, uh, a P2 pick two. 
Um, pick two refers to uh, if you like the Steelers go for a two point conversion and then Patrick Peterson intercepts that and runs all the way back for a touchdown the other way. That is successful two point conversion defense. So the Vikings would get two points. Uh, for example, let's say the Lions, after they scored their touchdown at the end of the game, they didn't make them do the try. But let's say they went for a two point conversion there for no reason other than to like insult the Vikings. And then the Vikings got a defensive touchdown off of that. It would have tied the game. But like, really, they would have like knelt it. They should have made them do that, though. Now that I think about it, they should have because like the Lions could have like fumbled the snap on the kneel or something like that. Like, I don't know. Could be weird. Should have made them do the kneel, but eh, whatever. Uh, Nikaka said that Jordan Berry would get a revenge game touchdown. Deeply love this. Give me a punter touchdown. Um, I will give you passing, rushing and receiving. <laughs> I don't know how that would happen or whatever, uh, because, well, I guess as the holder, um, Jordan Berry would maybe like leak out and get a receiving touchdown or something like that, but probably would be a passing touchdown. Any Jordan Berry touchdown, I will take. JV Swaps says that the Vikings would win by the largest margin in Zimmer's career. So I went over and looked this up. I'm going to go career as a head coach, right? In his time as a head coach in Minnesota, the biggest margin of victory was uh, a 32-point victory against the New York Giants in 2015. If you remember December 2015, the Vikings kind of surged. They blew the crap out of uh, the Giants and Bears, and then they beat the Packers in Lambeau for the last game of the season to win the division. Um, as part of that 32 point win versus the New York Giants. So you will have to, uh, cover a 32 point spread here. Um, that's pretty bold Vikings plus 32 in a game where they are currently favored by three and a half, which is bonkers to me, by the way. Uh, that is the market actually saying that the Vikings would be favored by a half point on a neutral field directly after like, that's insane to me. I don't know. Maybe the market knows more than I do. I guess the market, of course, the market knows more than I do. They make money and I lose it grambling. <laughs> uh, Nerman, uh, had a two part tweet and I'm not going to respond to the second part of it. <laughs> he said that CJ, the first part of it was that though, that CJ Ham would rush for at least 35 yards and score a touchdown. Um, this could be a receiving touchdown. You didn't specify, so good job. Um, 35 yards rushing for CJ Ham, I believe, would be a career high for him. He did have the 30-yard run the one time, but I think that was his only rushing in the game. I'm actually going to look that up live. Yep, Carolina is his career high. That's 30. So he'd set a career high with 35 yards, and then, of course, getting the touchdown would be a big CJ Ham game. I could see the touchdown. Again, this is one where, like, we might not see a lot of Justin Jefferson because the Steelers are going to commit hard to taking him away, like, uh, skip making it not matter that that Justin Jefferson is good. Somebody else has to have those. Like if I could right now, I can't yet on bet online, but I, I'm sure I'll be able to right before kickoff. I am taking CJ Ham's reception prop over because it's too funny not to. Uh, and then I'm going to throw my own hat in the ring here because of the stuff I said about stunts. I am going to say that DJ Wanham will get two unblocked sacks, two or more unblocked sacks. And the way I'm going to, the, the standard I'm going to hold myself to is not a hand on him. This is not like a running back can't come over and get him. If a guard touches his jersey, it doesn't count. I mean, fully unblocked directly into the quarterback, and it's going to happen at least two times with DJ Wanham specifically. So that is what we're going to do here. Again, Vikings three and a half point favorites going into this game. They're wearing their primetime purple. Hopefully it'll be a fun game. It won't be the big stinker I was joking about with Chris Carter. Go check out Locked On Steelers. Go check out the Locked On Bets podcast as well with your boy Q. Chris is a Locked On NFL co-host on Fridays. They're going to talk about grambling with uh, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Help you get your grambles straight. I will see you on the other side of this 
total slop fest of a game between the Vikings and Steelers. It's going to be check down city. And I guess I'm here for it, whether I like it or not. <laughs> Whatever it is, we'll pick up the pieces tomorrow. I will see you then. And as always, skull.